station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, movie... For today, we're just going to call her an expert, (laughs) Melissa Kirscher. Thank you. Hello. And we are joined by our guest, movie also expert, expert, (laughs) Pat Wick. Hello. Hi. So the the reason... (laughs) The reason the introduction is a little different, what we are watching today is the winner for the 2019 Oscar for Best Picture, Green Book. And this is unusual in that Pat, our guest, is the only person here who has seen Green Book. That is true. Melissa and I have not. I have seen Green Room. Which is right. very good. I've also seen Green Room. We talked about this earlier. Yes, we did. Very I've seen, good. I've seen The Green Mile. So have I. So have I. But I have not seen Green Book. So, Melissa. Yes. As I am the one doing the introduction, I'm going to ask you, what do you know about Green Book? Well, when it won the Oscar, I my immediate reaction was, Green Book? <laughs> because that is... Absolutely not one of the ones I would have uh, expected to win because, like, the favorite this year was either going to be, was like Roma or uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. They were kind of the fan favorites expected to win the Oscars. And it's like, really? And uh, of course, you know, it pissed off Spike Lee because this one. Anyway, I do know that Vigo Mortensen's in it as as well as. I'm going to screw up his first name. Ali. Mashahala. Mashahala? Yes. Mashahala. Ali. Mashahala. I actually, while I was watching the Oscar ceremony, I was like practicing his name. Mashahala. Mashahala Ali. Yeah. Which is, you know, bad for us. But uh, nonetheless, so that's what you know about Green Book. I know about the same. And Peter Farrelly directed it, and there was a shout out to Carrie Fisher at the Oscars. Shout out to Carrie Fisher. And which, I know it is about the Green the Green Book, which is a traveler's guide uh, that was used during the Jim Crow era. So, okay. So, Pat, you can't tell us anything about the movie because we haven't seen it. That's true. Yet. However, Tim, yeah. do you know anything else about this movie? Uh, I, I mean, I know basically what Melissa knows about the movie, uh, that it is, that I know I know what the Green Book is, but I kind of want to... Save that, save that conversation maybe mm-hmm. for once. Once we watch the movie, um, and that that it is Marsha Halla Ali and Viggo Mortensen, uh, and I have uh, perhaps a more critical way of describing the plot of the movie that I might save until I watch the movie and know whether or not that's correct. I want to. I'm willing to bet <laughs> that we have the same same guess on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we'll 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 like write it down and put it into an envelope and we'll open it. <laughs> yes. We'll open it after <laughs> after the film and see if uh if me right. and uh, Melissa wrote down the same uh, judgmental terminology for the type of movie that we feel we might be watching. And I will be here to make sure that there's no cheating. No cheating. No cheating. cheating. That's your job. So, yeah, and directed by a Ferrelli brother. Yes. Which I think is interesting that that a Ferrelli brother has has reached the point of getting, uh, having directed a best picture. I'm not particularly happy about it. We'll have to talk about that. I have have issues with Ferrelli brothers. Yeah, I think, um, you know, while uh, our, our best picture Oscar episodes tend to be more about critiquing the Oscars at large than talking about the film itself. But, but, uh, we'll the last see what... couple of years were okay though. Yeah. The last couple of years were not, I mean, Moonlight there was a better choice. Moonlight was excellent. Spotlight's yeah. an excellent movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Last year there was a better choice, but the movie yeah. that won was not bad. Yeah. And then we watched get out the next week. Yes. They're the next episode anyway. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so th- but this year, this year, I mean, I, th- I feel like there's a lot to talk about with the eight films that were nominated, mm-hmm. uh, and the f- as well as the film that won, and uh, maybe a statement about the quality of the films that were up for Best Picture in general Yeah, is something that might need to be discussed. But first, before we make such judgments- We should watch a we movie. We should watch a movie. <laughs> yes. So yes. we're going to go do that. We're going to go watch Green Book. Mm-hmm. I don't know what music I'm going to use here because I haven't seen the movie yet. But I'll figure it out. Okay. Oh, good. Good. We'll be back.
They never knew my struggle rose above the rubble Rather live inside they bubble than go through the trouble of having they double double vision corrected They just neglected and I've been thinking lately will the devil take me or will God protect me I know I ain't perfect but you should respect me And we are back much food has been consumed many Steinways have been procured and we have watched Green Book So here we are So Tim tell us about Green Book Tell us, tell us what what I thought. Tell us what you thought about Green Book. You know, it's not bad. It's it's a it's an Oscar bait kind of movie. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it really is. Um, it is a. Uh, it's well, we'll get to what I wrote down about the movie earlier okay. uh, in a minute. But it's not as much as I worried it might be of mm-hmm. the type of movie uh, uh, that that it's been characterized as. But uh, you know, it it. It kind of ticks the boxes I expected it to tick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was maybe one thing that was unexpected, but in retrospect, perhaps should have been more expected. Okay. Um. So, but uh, overall, I mean, I certainly enjoyed it. I thought I thought it was it was uh, maybe better than a few folks I know have sold it to be. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And Melissa, yes. How about you? Well, I'm, I'm, I think I'm pretty much in the camp with Tim. Um, I, the within the package of the movie, it is a sweet and charming movie, which is more than I ever expect from Peter Farrelly. So yay that. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it's it, and it does handle things more delicately than I would have uh, expected. Uh, in terms of race relations, but it's still, I mean, when you look at it with more of a critical eye, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of problematic stuff in there packaged in a very sweet and nostalgic story. Yeah. And um, so, yes, problems, there are many, but there are also some things that I really didn't there are a lot of things about the movie I did genuinely enjoy and and um it it brought up for discussion more of those things than I would have expected like particularly in in uh Dr. Shirley's kind of description of himself by the end of the movie it, you know he doesn't really fit in either World, you know, he has spent a lot of his time trying to be upwardly mobile in a upper class, largely white universe while being black, and became disconnected with "quote unquote" his people, which is it's a problematic thing, but it's also very real. I mean, you see it on the on the sexism side of you know, like women trying to uh, in in earlier office settings, you know, trying to be more like men in order to be upwardly mobile in that environment. You know, kind of that thing, like you you take on the mantle of the thing you're trying to be and thus kind of internalize all all those issues. Anyway, it's, it's my very clumsy description of that. Anyway. Sure. Sure. I, I <laughs> That's what's on my mind right now. <laughs> I was... But but on but on the back end, you know, I'd still I'd see him drive at the end, you know, when uh, Dr. Shirley takes the wheel of the car to get uh, Tony Lip home. It's like it's so what? Ah. Yeah. Ah. Ah. And the Lucky Stone. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I liked the movie much better the second time compared to the first time. Interesting. Um, I like the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the humor for me was more in the second time, mostly because I, I knew what the movie was. Because the okay. first time I didn't. I had almost no idea what it really was when I went there. And it's the kind of movie that if it was made 10, 15 years ago, it would have be the Oscar-nominated Oscar one. Everyone would be talking about this movie. Absolutely. Um, I just expect more now oh yeah because it's done in nostalgia which for a lot of white america you can't have it as a modern thing because well you've had a black president therefore no more racism like that's not how that works no yeah i I think um the biggest strike against this film is 
It is a story about racism and a black man experiencing racism made by white people. Oh, God, yes. And, oh, my God, yes. <clears throat> and, 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 and the story from the perspective of a white person. Yeah. The, and the the writer was it, it's his son, right? It's it's his it's, son. His son is not, one of the writers, yeah. along with Peter Ferrelli. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, please. And so it it it, you know, and I've watching the Oscars, and watching all the people up on stage. Mm-hmm. It's it's just this big sea of white with Marsha Ali and Octavia Spencer and Octavia Spencer. Spencer. And executive producer, which which is great that Octavia Spencer is an executive producer, and that's fantastic. And and Marsha Ali is great, and certainly not a supporting actor. But that's the politics of Oscars more than it is uh, the politics of racism in Hollywood. Um, but but that is the biggest concern to me is this this idea in a and and, and we'll talk a little bit about I think. Other films that were nominated this year and other films that were not. Yes. But the story of racism being told through a white person lens when there are people of color telling that story. Yeah. Um, And the fact that at the end of the day, that's what the Oscars chose to recognize. If we were watching this film just to watch it, I mean, and we probably wouldn't watch it for real education because 10 years from now, it's not going to be a touchstone movie no. that we're going to be like, people should watch this to get some idea of filmmaking technique or mm-hmm. a history of great directors or great actors, although Viggo Mortensen and Marshall Ali are clearly two great actors indeed they are great um, performances but but 10 years from now there the the only reason we're talking about this movie is because it won the oscar for best picture mm-hmm. um and you know that that's probably going to be a lot of what we talk about with this movie because the movie itself while enjoyable i i'm just like i don't know that i can pinpoint much about it that that really from the perspective of what our podcast talks about, yeah, is super notable, right? Boop. I mean, there's there's a lot of hyperbolic things going around on online about this movie now that it's won the Oscars. Like, oh my god, worst movie ever! When no, it's not the worst movie that ever won a Best Picture. Yeah, I've Oscar. seen uh, How Green Was My Valley. Yeah, um, uh, Cimarron. No, <laughs> the greatest show on earth. Cavalcade, mm. greatest show on earth. It's, it's not great. It's fun. No, it's fun. But but, but yeah, yeah there, there's yeah. some stuff out there. That's there's just, some mm, no, yeah. no no no. Yeah, there, there's some bad crash. Yeah, but there are many many better movies. Yeah, we'll say that. Uh, so I want to know what did you write down before? I, I wrote down white people solve racism. I wrote down uh, white savior. So. <laughs> It, it, it was it was more words, but I think we basically were saying I, yeah, the same I think thing. we were indeed. We were. Yeah, um, and I will say I don't think, having watched the film, that's what it was doing. I, I think the structure it's a road movie. Yeah, yeah, it's, oh, absolutely, it's, it's a and, buddy and, movie. Yeah, it's it's these two guys thrown together, and they don't necessarily like each other at first, but they grow to love each other, and every and they're like brothers at the end. That but, is. That's a structure, and that's the way these movies work. And while there's while there is there are moments where you see the white character sort of trying to deal with the racism. In fact, with it, with the the moment to me that kind of said, "All right, well, maybe that you know that's that's the impression I had going in that maybe that was incorrect." Is is that moment when uh, they're at the it's Birmingham. Alabama, the, the very last, the very scene? last yeah. one where where Doctor, I'm losing his his Shirley, Shirley. Doctor Shirley. I knew it was a girl's name, and I was like, De- Delilah. De- dang it, anyway, Shirley, you can't be Shirley. Serious. So Doctor <laughs> yes. Shirley is the one who says, "I'm not, I'm not going to play here if I can't eat here." Mm-hmm. And it's not Mortensen who's going goading him on. It's not. Yeah. It's 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 Mortensen who's saying, you know, it's the last show. Let's just. 
Let's yeah. just get this done. And I know it's bullshit, but let's get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. So it didn't feel so much like that character was solving racism. But I still come back to kind of the people making the film. Yeah. <laughs> We're all a bunch of white people. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I kind of like the dramatic structure of that scene where he, uh, the doctor comes back and says, I'll, I'll play. And in, in, a, in a way that implies I'll play and then you can get the rest of your money. And then it's, you know, the, the turnabout, you know, they both get a chance to grow in that scene. He gets to, uh, the doctor gets to stand up and say, no, I'm not going to play if, if I can't eat here. And the, uh, and Aragorn is able to <laughs> go, screw it. I don't care about the money. Let's go. I, right. I'm going to support you in this. And, and that just from a screenwriting perspective, it's like, that's, that's nice. That's it. They, they both get their little, their little moment and, and they bond together and they, they blow that joint. And then they, they go to a bar and, <laughs> and they have a good time. The things about that scene are also, Dr. Shirley has been for the entire movie trying to get some form of, civility some coolness into his italian-american driver who's you know forget about it kind of guy yeah and watching the him understand how hard it is and just as opposed to saying you know you're gonna make me pee in the woods i'll take it out and pee in the middle of the your living room it's like no 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 no. don't do that don't do that (laughs) and just like you know hey come on let's go these guys are dicks just Finish this damn thing so we can go. Mm Because these are awful people. Let's just do it and go. Which was kind of his growth anyways to get to that point of just saying, we know these people are awful. So let's just finish it. Hold our noses and go. Mm -hmm. And giving then, and then Shirley's, Don Shirley's perspective of, but I really don't want to do it anymore. But Mm -hmm. I will if you want me to. Like, nah, screw it. Let's just go. Yeah. I think it, it also works. It Okay, more specifically, I don't think it would have worked had it not ended with the photos of the real people. Right. And how that they were then, you know, friends for the next 50 years. And here's where we hit the problem. Oh, God. The because big there's, problem. there's considerable controversy because the family of Don Shirley says this isn't true. Yep. They say they that- were never really contacted about yeah. this. Um, now, that said, so that's part of the controversy. And that's a, that is a big problem. And on the other hand, there, since the family has come out and said that, there have been audio recordings that have surfaced of Don Shirley saying that they were in fact really good friends. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> there's, there's this, this, controversy over whether or not you've got uh, the family of one of the two men telling a story that is glorifying their father Mm -hmm. uh, at the expense of the story of this other man, a black man, a pioneer, who was not only uh, breaking racial barriers, but also, as we learn, gay. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there, there yeah, why a, are we watching his story? Right. And that is a fair question. Yeah. That the, we are watching a story about the wrong person. Yeah. Because by God, you know, he was, he was basically a child prodigy and educated in Russia and, and wow, look at his apartment. That's a fascinating fellow. Sure. Why are we watching his story? And he could play anything. Yes. But played his own music. Because he wasn't allowed to play classical music, basically. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it's a story of their friendship, and I get that. But at the same time, I can see the the objection, mm-hmm. the 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 problem that that you have, and 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 the fact that the actor who played that character won an Oscar for best supporting actor. Yeah. Which comes right out and says. He's, he's the not, less important character yeah, he's not in a lead. story that's really about him. Yeah. Or that could it should have been that about should him. have been about him. Because honestly, him. when you start off the movie with the 
guy who's a bouncer, who's a manipulator, mm-hmm. who's, you know, kind of... Who's two steps short of a gangster and actually courting gangsters because he knows he might be able to make a little more money that way. Well, no, he only wants to do the light thing. Sure. He never wants to do anything heavier than that, but he wants to be friendly with them, have them like him. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it makes his life easier to get through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. But that's not an interesting story to start with in comparison to the other guy's story. Mm -hmm. So you have a Brooklyn bouncer who his the stereotypical my my word is as good as you know written in cement i will never go back on my word you know i'm a bullshitter not a liar all these things that's everywhere that story is told all the time and then you know to the point of you know when he wakes up because he's basically a what second third shifter he sleeps most of the day he gets up and he's his living room's covered with family and he's like what are you guys doing here mm-hmm. well we're all here to keep your wife company and then you turn the scene you know the camera pans and she's in the kitchen with two people who are um repairing something i can't remember the floor i think it was yeah the floor was moldy the floor was moldy. that's right yeah. so the repair people um that were fixing the problem happened to be African-American and all of them had to be there because you never know what they might have done. Mm-hmm. And then you see Vigo's character, uh, you know, once they leave, go into the kitchen, pick up the glasses, not even plastic, they're glass, and throw them away because the African-Americans had drunk lemonade out of them. Yeah. And then to turn it around to have the whole, oh, you know, this is my good friend, but... I don't actually think that he's not racist. It's more like he found a really good person. Well, I, yeah, I think, it, and I, I will argue in in favor of the movie saying not suggesting that he has completely failed, completely turned around. Mm-hmm. I think the movie does suggest that he's learned something, and oh, not yeah. just about this one person. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely! Like, oh, well, all they, you know, all the other guys were gambling. Yeah, but they weren't given a choice is to be inside or outside you were right yeah you're allowed to change to try on the suit even though you can't afford this suit you know that kind of thing yeah yeah i mean it is him recognizing the damage that racism does it is him probably being better but not perfect yeah uh Yeah. and that's fine but i mean Um, i mean just even the fact that you get the sense that he's never traveled anywhere queens is probably far yeah queens is far and he's seeing the entire country and the the differences in between you know the the north and the south particularly but it's still and and that's going to be valuable to anybody but yeah it's not going to be as if the racism faucet has been turned off sure and it you know, the the title of the film is Green Book. We learned that, as we discussed at the beginning, mm-hmm. what, what the Green Book was, was a travel guide for black people traveling in America. Not yeah. just the South, actually. Yeah, it's it true. was. But it was. Um, yeah, it was uh, uh, written by a New York City mailman named Victor Hugo Green. Um, and Victor it, Hugo. Victor Hugo Green. Yeah, uh, and it was Green because it was his book. Yeah, it was published from 1936 to 1966. Um, they it kind of quickly fell out of usage after the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which is which why, seems reasonable. Yeah, because that's what made it illegal to treat people of color in that way. And the interstates also yeah. opened up a lot. And the interstates opened up a lot. So, uh, but prior to that, you know, if you were, you know, if you were traveling while black, uh, very, very few hotels would take you in. Very, very few uh, uh, restaurants would serve you, you know, especially south of the Mason-Dixon line. I, th- I think one of the statistics I saw was along Route 66, in Albuquerque, there were something like a hundred motels all lined up along the highway, and only six of them would book colored people. Yeah, yeah, and it, that's uh, just ridiculously. Yeah. And that's Albuquerque. And that's Albuquerque, which <laughs> yeah. is you know not not the deep one, south. One considers a bastion of racism it, in it's the sixties, but, but it was. But yeah, but yeah, um, but yeah, and, sundown and, towns were a thing. Um, and I was actually kind of impressed. I I don't think I've ever seen sundown towns portrayed in movies. 
I don't think I'd ever seen it portrayed in a movie before either. Yeah, that's kind of like the dirty, one of many dirty secrets of American history that you just never learn about these days unless you're doing like deep racial studies. Like I'd only heard about them in an article probably about three or four years ago. And I was like, oh, my God, this is just one of those things where we don't talk about it anymore and people don't know that. Many, many cities and towns would just, once the sun went down, if you were black and still within the the city lines, you were illegal. Your existence was not allowed. You could not be viewed. You yeah. could not be seen. Yeah. Some of them even had rules that they uh, had to have their windows covered. Yep. So people walking down the streets could not see mm-hmm. black people. Right. Yeah. But um, anyway, but anyway, so getting back to the Green Book, though. the Green Book, the idea that there yeah. was this this massive difference between the experience of black people mm-hmm. traveling in America and white people traveling in America. And what the movie is theoretically showing is that difference by giving us a white man and a black man traveling in America. And that's why I don't think it succeeds very well. Yeah. It yeah. shows us a couple of times what what's going on. It shows us one instance where. Uh, where Doctor Shirley is staying in a in a hotel for yeah. coloreds, and and I apologize for using the terms. I'm using them mostly because of that's the what era. They, yeah, that's what it says on the. That's sign. what it said on the sign, and then you've got Mortensen's character staying in a in a in a better hotel. Yeah, because that's where white people could stay. Yeah, white people could stay in the better hotels. Mm-hmm. And to be fair. White people would not stay in the really crummy hotels. Of course not. They would. Mm-mm. I mean, there were the only people staying in that hotel were black people. Yeah. And also, it's one of those really horrid things when you think about why would the people who have that hotel make it any less crappy? Because the only people who could stay there were black, and it's not like they could go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were kind of a captive audience. And the 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 thing is, is once you get past the 1930s. There were black people who were upwardly mobile and getting more disposable income and wanting to travel. And I mean, that was where the need for the Green Book came in is because suddenly you had some black people who were able, who had the means to do a little traveling on their own and then found that quickly that that was very tricky to do. So the Green Book covered uh, most of the U.S., parts of Canada, Mexico, Bermuda, uh, the Caribbean, and they eventually started a travel agency as well. So huh. it, was, it was a whole thing. Yeah. And apparently there's a very good documentary about the Green Book out there that was also made this year. Yes, I, there I is. When I, was, when I was trying to pull up this movie on Amazon so we could watch it, I nearly pulled up the documentary. We should have watched it. Maybe we should have. Yeah. But it's a late night. <laughs> Um, I will also say that uh, the podcast called 99% Invisible mm -hmm. had an episode on the Green Book that was, I believe, uh, 2016. Um, And it's a very good uh, overview of what the Green Book was and everything. Because honestly, I was a little miffed that the name of it, the name of the movie is The Green Book. Yeah. And it has... um, Almost less screen time than the kids that he has, which is, you know, kiss him on the head and then leave. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're they're, um, what I think when I watch and and talking a little bit about the movies that were nominated this year, there were eight movies nominated. And when I went through and and looked at it at the at the end of the Oscars, Mm -hmm. literally every single one of those movies won at least one award. Yeah. And when it gets scattered around that much, what it says to me is there wasn't a best picture on that list. Yeah, and and there's also a, a factor to consider that, if I remember right, the best picture uh, Oscar is voted for in runoff voting. It is. So it could have been that Green Book topped nobody's list, but it was a consistent number three, and therefore... With every <laughs> other movie splitting the vote, <laughs> the, exactly, it just, it it just, just wound up. This one bubbled to the top. Yeah, to me, it feels like that's literally what happened. Like there, yeah. there were just nobody had a favorite. Yeah, or everybody had a different favorite. Yeah, and this one just kind of fell into the victory. Mm-hmm. But as as a best picture goes, 
Mm-hmm. There, and I haven't seen every film. There are two films on the list that I haven't seen. Which two? Uh, I actually, and this is sad. I have not seen Black Klansman, ah! even though we own it. Um, I've just not. We haven't popped it Seriously. in yet. Yeah, I'm it's, disappointed. Uh, it's in embarrassing. You. <laughs> uh, and uh, I haven't seen A Star Is Born. So I've seen the rest of it. And A Star is Born looks fine, but it mm-hmm. does look a lot like it's, you know, a remake of A Star is Born. Um, well, and, four times over. Yeah. 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 So, well, the first one wasn't a remake, so three times yeah, over. Yeah. It's, it's a yeah. remake of a, a remake film that has been made remake. before. And while I've heard it's very good and the performances are very good and that's all fine, I don't feel like I've missed a great deal. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel that that film was really in the running. But when you've got I, – I mean, and here's, here's where – you you fall into the problematic issues as far as racism and as far as Hollywood trying to do something <laughs> about it. You've got a film called Black Klansman that is about racism that is written and directed by a black man. Who has deserved, let's say, not I that came out wrong. <laughs> He has deserved that Oscar for a long, long time. Let's say he's earned it. <laughs> he has he has put in his work. Spike Lee has earned some awards. And that, he did get one for writing, but... Yes. Uh, if you are going to award a film about racism, I feel yeah. like in this era, maybe in any, and, but in, in former eras, you really didn't have the chance. But now there are black filmmakers making films about racism and I feel like we've reached the point where maybe that's who you should recognize. Yeah. it. This really and, felt though like the reason it won is because let's face it, most of the Hollywood people who vote for these, the voting members of the Academy are what, something like 78% white Yep. and this is the racism movie that makes sense to them. That makes them feel good. It makes them feel less bad. The, the Spike Lee challenges white people. This film does not. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Yeah, and and the the and this the is three white people talking about it. And I recognize the irony in that. Yeah, yeah. Let, let us just let's let's all just hang our heads for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Three white people talking about racism. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. We're trying our best. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, if we tried our best, we'd have some people of color in the room. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> this was last minute, actually. We were supposed to watch Frankenstein. So. <laughs> and it would have been totally okay three white people walking watching that. But anyway. <laughs> no, I mean, it really would have. Uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. anyway. The the thing that's particularly galling, and I'm, I'm and I feel like this is a, this is why, among other things, why Spike Lee got up and tried to storm out when uh, Green Book won the award, is because when way way back when back back in the old days, when uh, he had made Do the Right Thing, it was it was Do the Right Thing, and it was it it wasn't nominated for Best Picture, but it took. Hollywood by Storm. Yeah, it, it didn't have. Did it have any nominations that I year? I don't think it did. Yeah, but it was er, something that everybody was talking about. But it was the same year that Driving Miss Daisy came out and won Best Picture. Yeah, and so whenever <laughs> I think I think Spike Lee actually said something to this he effect. He did. When, whenever, <laughs> whenever somebody's driving, he loses. <laughs> Which I find kind of hilarious. Actually, I think the best capper on on that story is um, there is a short video online where Spike Lee, after the Oscars, like at at an Oscar party that night, was talking to two British reporters. And they, they like cornered him at the party and they say, well... What do you think of Green Book? And and Spike Lee looks very very seriously at them and he goes, "You're British? You British?" It was my cup of tea. And then he just bursts out laughing and just hops around the room laughing like a madman. Ah. <laughs> uh just looked up Do the Right Thing actually had two nominations. Oh, it did. Uh best writing screenplay. Mm-hmm. Uh Spike Lee was nominated. Oh, sorry. Spike Lee uh, was nominated for screenplay and uh the uh, best actor in supporting role was Denny Aiello. Oh, that's mm. right. Oh, the white guy. The white guy. So, <laughs> and I think um, <laughs> when we oh. talk about this this blind spot with the Oscars, one thing that that should be observed 
Three of the four acting winners this year uh-huh. were people of color. Oh, yeah. Two black women won technical awards. Two, yeah. yes. A black woman won for costuming. A black woman won for makeup. Black Panther is awesome. Yeah. And Bla- Black Panther won, won for costuming. Yeah. But, uh, and well, this is... because the costuming was amazing. But did you hear how many times she had been nominated for an Oscar and not won? Yeah. And all the films she'd been nominated for, just go look it up. I know. Because she was always, in the film she was nominated for, she was costuming black people. Mm-hmm. It's just like, and yep. you kind of go, all right, we still have a we problem. Still have, we, 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 still we still have, have a problem. We still have a lot of work. But it was great that oh, that yeah. happened. And Remy Malek, who uh, was excellent in Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. uh, and he is uh, born of Egyptian parents. Yep. Um, so, I mean, that's... So, so they're... Kind of close to matching Freddie Mercury, because he was he was, he was Pakistani. He was so, Pakistani. Yeah. At, at least it's the right region of the room, the world. Yes, we're, we're not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're getting close. <laughs> getting close. <laughs> However, my God, did he make me think he was the person that he was playing. I mean, he really, really looked like him, mm-hmm. really acted like it. But that's on another topic. Yeah. So yeah, we, um, we did not watch that. The it's just I, uh, really frustrating to have so many things that are kind of right with this movie, but the overall wrongness that hangs over it yeah. is just it's a a buddy story. I mean, really, it's just the this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship type story. Yeah, yeah. it's a road movie. It's yeah. a road movie yeah. about people who are stuck together. I mean, it's kind of like plane trains and automobiles when it comes down to it. You have right. You know, those kind of characters stuck in a, a place and they end up being lifelong friends. Yay, great. Planes, trains, mm-hmm. and automobiles and Viggo Mortensen is John Candy. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and it Marsha really Hala, is. Ali is, is, uh, Ma- is Mahershala. 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 God. Mm. I wrote I'm, it down this time. I'm sorry, listeners. Mahershala. Mahershala. <laughs> uh, anyway, but but we ha- ultimately what we have is a movie where Aragorn is white-splitting fried chicken. Yeah, that's really problematic, that, and, even if it did happen. And, and white-splitting Little Richard. Yeah. And, oh, white-splitting well, everywhere. I'll grant when he oh. white-splains Little Richard, the film does not make him look good. No, but I know that. I know that, but still. The white-splitting fried chicken. Mm. 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 So, Peter Forelli, we need to bring him up. Because I don't want to. He has an Oscar now. Oh God! Oscar winner Peter Farrelly. Sure, he whips is. his dick out in professional situations. He has he has as many Oscars as Martin Scorsese does now. Does God he? damn it! <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> ah! uh, <laughs> so, I have issues with yeah. this. Well, he's a he's in. So he and his brother are known for some really raunchy. I have raunchy. issues with those movies, and it's not just be, it's not because they're raunchy. I have serious issues with something about Mary. I have serious issues with me myself and Irene. And would it be the fact they're super sexist? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's something about Mary is is to me a horror film about a poor woman who's being stalked by multiple men creepy people and and me myself and Irene uses mental illness as a comedic point yes and uh, oh they're terrible movies uh, no shallow hal is another uh, one isn't that theirs yes uh, i i can't speak to that one from it, i haven't sit sat through it because I don't want to. <laughs> so I can't I can't I can't speak from a place of truth because in all honesty I've not seen that movie but but you know just tell me it's a Ferrelli brothers movie and it's like no I'm not there for that. <laughs> so yeah, the Ferrelli brothers uh one of them directed this film. Yeah, and so I'm 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 shocked and surprised in a pleasant way I I suppose that it's it was better. <laughs> <laughs> and there's still only I'm so grudging about this. I 
I'm sorry, and yet I'm not sorry. There's still only one woman with much of a speaking role, and it's not really yeah. much of one. Yeah. Which and, I, I suppose... and I still have issues with like how everybody comported themselves on stage at the Oscars, too. It's a whole horde of white people with a couple of, of black people on stage. And here's Ferrelli standing there and praising Viggo Mortensen over and over and over. Now, to be fair, Viggo Mortensen, I think, was also a producer like the, or, or something like that. Like he was the spark of the project, I think. But th- there's another producer who's black, and she's standing right there. And they don't really ma- they and they don't her, say anything. They about say her, her name. They, they say uh, mentioned Octavia like once. And I, I think. Th- and I think there was a brushing reference to Mahershala Ali. And then Carrie Fisher gets the last word of the evening, which I don't have a problem with, and yet I do. Because because she, <laughs> she I feel like she'd hate this movie. <laughs> she's she's a script she was a script doctor she was an amazing script doctor and i feel like she'd have issues she'd have professional like oh why are you doing this yeah i i I do have so but uh, i'm saving this thing for my final thoughts but um (laughs) i have i have something that i need to mention about uh, and mention about Mahershala Ali when we get to final thoughts. Okay. Um, what other stuff, uh, Melissa, because you, even though this is your first time watching the movie, you are still our, our fact person. Oh, the only, the only thing I had a chance to, because this was a last minute thing. Uh, the only thing I really had a chance to do was look up the history of the green book itself. So okay. that, that was my bit. That was my yeah, bit. Yeah. And, and honestly, I looked at some of the trivia on the film and most of it's about the, the fact that, that, uh, the family, what it was Danny Lip? Yeah, uh, his Tony fa- Lip. Tony Lip, excuse me. His family. Or, t- Tony Lip, Vic. See, Vic. I think it's good that we're forgetting the name of the white guy in this film. Yeah. Um, but Valalonga. 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 That's what Valalonga. But his character. I'm sorry. His family. His son. Mm-hmm. Is the one who basically wrote the story and was one of the yeah. scriptwriters and and had a lot to do with getting the film produced. Mm-hmm. And apparently, a lot of his family members appear in the film at playing yeah. family members. I saw a lot of Valenlongas in that cast. Yeah. Um, so that I mean that that was about the the main thing. Most of it, most of the the information I was able to find was about. Him writing it and talking about how Viggo Mortensen and Linda Cardellini, who we should give a few words to Linda Cardellini, yeah. even though she did not get more than a few words in the film. Yeah, that is a um, thankless role. It is. And Linda so Carle- thankless. Linda Cardellini is an actress who who is really, really very good, yeah. but not very well, not, not very heavily featured, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yep. Uh, got her start in Freaks and Geeks. Yep. Uh, she played Velma in the Scooby-Doo movies. That's <laughs> not her fault. I can't blame her for... Paychecks are paychecks. Paychecks That's are true. paychecks. And the first one is... Well, we can and I'm pretty sure this. And I'm pretty sure the Scooby, Scooby-Doo movies probably paid pretty well. I imagine they did. Um, I would hope so. So, yeah. she. Um, but she's, I think, a, mostly a character actress and really good mm-hmm. in this film, even though she doesn't get to do much. Yeah. Um, she... She does get the last line in the movie. Yeah. So. That's okay. And I do like that line. I do. The, I think she's not stupid. It's like, yeah, she knows yeah, that. She, he wasn't oh, writing those letters. The letter changes from grass is green, driving by nice. I'm eating yeah. a hamburger. Oh, come on. That's like almost too hard for him <laughs> in his writing style. To eat hamburger. Eat hamburger now. See hamburger run. Wait. <laughs> you are the love of my life. I miss you horribly. Yeah, of course. She's yeah. not stupid. Yeah. Sure. But she also can tell when he started writing on his own and it's still a better writing. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So the Italian American who's incredibly racist can now express himself a little better and he now can see through the veil of racism a little bit more. But this is not a great story to tell. It's it's a story that's been told before. Yeah. Um, 20 years I mean, ago, it would have been amazing. I agree with that. And I mean, it's a classic story. It, it, and it's it's one that bears repeating over and over again just because it's it's a classic structure. 
But yeah, going back to our previous point, it's well, it's not an. It, I mean, you, you let's go back to Black Klansman. Black Klansman is about is another true story, and it's about a black man who basically infiltrated the KKK. Oh, right. Yeah, it's amazing. The story is amazing. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, the story is amazing. Yeah, whereas, you know, once again, you know, Dr. Shirley. Oh, my God. What an amazing person. Let's hear about him. Except we don't. But we don't. And it's very frustrating. Yeah. Uh, And and He's a cameo in his own story. (laughs) And was it two years ago? The best picture was 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. You know, (laughs) it's it's just, it's kind of like, you know, the the feeling that that we're going back to a what do I want to say cleaner depiction of racism? Uh, yeah, it, well, I I don't feel like it's a step back. It's just like we're moving edu- it's somewhat forward, and it's just we're not necessarily ever going to get these movies again. It's just that we now have. Very not enough, but we are starting to get more viewpoints. Sure, and we're starting to get more people of color in the director seat, in the producer seats. We're starting. It 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 it's not we we haven't solved racism yet, Tim. No, no, and I don't think we're solving it on this podcast. But yeah, we we are so not. Yeah, I but think we we we, I, we are. St- Starting on, if we're ever progressing towards better, it's just, it's not going very fast. Not very fast. <laughs> it's frustratingly slow. I think We still need to do better because we have not solved racism. I think ultimately the, the thing about this film is not that it's a bad film. It's not even that it's a bad message. It's not even that it's a bad story to tell, even if I wish it would have told the story slightly differently. Yeah. It's that... It won Best Picture. Yes. <laughs> it's a victim of its, its own that, success. It's that it was even nominated for Best Picture <laughs> when there are other films, one of which we're going to talk about next, that are better. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and some of which were nominated. I think Black Panther was a better film than Black Book. I agree. Green Book. Green Book. Excuse me. So Can many. we watch Green Room? Uh <laughs> <laughs> Not anyway. at the moment. Uh, um, a movie that was also, I think, horribly overlooked and is a way better movie oh, yeah. in general uh, is The Hate You Give. Yeah. Now, my youngest, 14, still thinks the best thing to see are slapstick comedies, animated, um, doesn't really like dramas and much of anything unless it's like a war movie because wars are war movies are different. I get that, mm-hmm. but he, he he has the same taste as my husband. So yeah. fair enough. Yeah, um, it's all good. In the spring, his class went to see The Hate You Give in the theater. Mm-hmm. He came home and said, "Mom, this is a movie you really really have to see." And like, yeah, he says, "Yeah, I want to go tonight." So we went oh. that night, and he saw it twice in one day. Wow, it is an excellent. Excellent movie. He and like, he went and found the book and read it on his own. That's amazing. That is not because they didn't does. have to read it for class. Yeah, he just went to find the book to read the book to see how it was different from the movie. Was sorry to bother you this year? Or yes, was it the previous year. Why the hell wasn't that up for something? Because that movie was weird, and the Academy doesn't like weird. <sighs> okay, but the hate you give. I know. Is fantastic. Yeah. Give was fantastic. The and performances were excellent. There's nothing wrong with that movie, and it's uh, that film viewed modern racism through so many different lenses, and mm-hmm. it didn't solve it. It showed it, but it sure did show it. Oh yeah. Um, and that's that's something. Uh, yeah. Anyway, d- yeah. I don't know. And it's modern, so it's the whole. This is what's happening in real life, not some. St- fantasy story about how bad it was before the 1965 civil rights legislation, mm-hmm. which makes it sound like it's better now. Well, yes, it's better now. It's more hidden now. Yeah, it's harder to find. It's but, not on the surface. Well, it's harder for white people to see. Let, let's let's Fair be enough. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but there are so many other better movies that are better than the eight that were nominated. Okay, maybe not all eight, but not definitely all eight, but a certainly bunch of some them. of them. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah. we need to get to final thoughts. Yes. So, Melissa, final thoughts 
about Green Book. Aragorn was an asshole. <laughs> That's all I got. Okay, Pat, <laughs> final thoughts about Green Book. I just want to talk about the fact that uh, Maharasha, uh, Maharshala. Maharshala Ali, uh, the lovely piano not playing he was doing, uh-huh. he's not a pianist mm-hmm. at all. He went to a three-month boot camp mm-hmm. to try to figure out how to play the piano, and his goal was to try to play Chopin so he could play that piece at the end on his own. Yeah, that didn't no, happen. No. That's even what he even says, like, yeah, that didn't happen. But he went into it well enough that he could figure out how to play the piano. He'd never even really played at, sat down at one before. Mm-hmm. So he got to play and figure out how it worked. He went and he saw some old footage from Don back at this time as to how he actually moved and how he played, not just listening to the music, but actually watching him mm-hmm. so that he could figure out well enough to do the keys in at least the right general order so that when the sounds played over it, people think he's actually the pianist. Yeah. So lip syncing for piano. Yes. He did pretty well. Yeah, he did, he did very well. Really yeah. well. He did pretty well. I mean, now I'm not a pianist, and I bet a real pianist would be like, no. <laughs> but uh, but for somebody who isn't a real pianist, he, he did pretty well. My final thought also about Mahershala Ali, uh, he has now been nominated for Best Supporting Actor twice. Yes. Mm-hmm. He has won for Best Supporting Actor twice. Yes. Bravo. And in both movies, both movies have been about a closeted black gay man. Mm-hmm. Interesting. In one of them, he did not play the closeted yeah. gay man. But in both films, both films were about But that's, uh, I, I, and I'm sure that that's not just a coincidence, but it's an interesting yeah. coincidence nonetheless. So having watched this movie and I know dear listeners last episode we said we were going to watch Frankenstein and you're thinking well next will be Frankenstein wrong <laughs> maybe <laughs> we'll, get, we'll eventually get we're there we're getting there but maybe. I feel we need to watch another best picture from 2018 one I would argue that is it better is better than Green Book oh hell yeah according to Pat but it's going to be Pat as a guest again because Melissa hasn't seen it I haven't seen that's right. We are going to watch Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, <laughs> and Melissa hasn't seen it. So this I'm is gonna so be, excited. This is going to be very exciting. So join us next time for another 2019 Best Picture winner, Best Animated Film, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We'll catch you next time. I Bye-bye. hear the Spider-Ham is in it. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Dee, dee.